Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I've got a uh, a pretty embarrassing admission to make. So at the beginning of the episode, you're going to hear me gloat about my new mic. Turns out that for the entire episode, I wasn't actually using the new microphone. Uh, I should sound crispy clear now because I am using the new microphone right now as you're listening. But don't you worry, Holly, our wonderful audio technician has done her best to clear it up. I do sound a little bit robotic, but hopefully one day we'll be able to sort ourselves out. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Cheers, guys. Hello, hello, John. I'm hoping you can hear me crystal clear because I'm using a new mic. However, it's delicately balanced on my desk because it has not come with the stand. Well, get a stand then. If you're not short of money, you know. I've ordered one on Amazon. However, it's just... So my brother listens to this podcast and he's the one I got this mic off back in the day when he was 14 years old, didn't have a clue about the world. He wanted to be one of those people who made money by playing uh, games on his Xbox and uh, sharing the videos around the world. And bless him for his birthday, all he wanted was a setup that would allow him to do that. Uh, A camera, like a good computer monitor, a good computer and a good microphone so we could talk over the top of his uh, gameplay. Obviously, none of this ever came to fruition, so I just get my hands <laughs> on all the cheap gear. <laughs> what does he do now? He's, uh, he's just started his, um, his own firm. Doing what? He's uh, doing a lot of fire safety stuff uh, and uh, maintenance. Tell the cunt to fucking join the, the inner circle. It's only 50 quid. <laughs> Imagine charging my own brother. Oh, I fucking would. He ain't, he ain't my fucking brother. I hate my. Can't, I don't hate him. To be fair, we just don't talk. I still charge him. I'll charge him. Don't worry. You, you don't have to. I'll You'll do charge it. him. Fine. Yeah, I'll charge him. Don't worry. You get the cash. <laughs> he's um. He's doing. I'll tell you what though. He's um. He's he's been on my fucking case since he was seventeen years of age, at starting his own business, and all he's done for four years is ask questions. He asks questions about what we do, what our clients do, um, general running of business, what's important, and he listens. Uh, he doesn't argue; he just listens. It's interesting because he he'll argue with my dad about business, but he won't argue with me. Um, and he started his firm. And he's booked up for three months, charging premium rates. He's made a couple of slip-ups already that, you know, I've had to slap him on the wrist for. Um, He didn't get paid up front one time. Uh, He went cheap. He hired uh, a cheap subby one time. uh, And that cheap subby ate all the margin on that job because he wasn't strict with what outcomes he expected of them. But for the most part, he's charging above market rates and he's booked up for the next three to four months. Yeah, tell him to keep... Well, seriously, you should stick him in the inner circle and things. Or, uh, I'll charge him, but no, stick him in the inner circle. Because he, sh- he needs to keep his eye on the ball. You know, now, because he's booked up, he's not on a good reason to slow down with his marketing. On the contrary, he should ramp it up. Um, Cool. Well, actually, I had a good success yesterday. It's fucking hilarious. I, uh, uh, yesterday was a busy day. I had four calls pretty much back to back on, and I was on my treadmill. So I actually walked six miles talking to these people. Um, and 
the first, the, the second, second one was Jordan McGill, the photographer. He's given me permission to use his name um, to identify him. And it's fucking hilarious. I've been working with Jordan probably four or five months now. Uh, and he's brilliant because he's one of these people who I just say do something and he'll do it. But he's also one of these people who doesn't come back to me and tell me what the results were very often. Um, but I figure if, he's, if there's a problem, he'll tell me. You know, that's fair enough. And uh, <laughs> last time we spoke, he told me he'd, shot, he'd trebled his prices without resistance, you know, which is great. And most people could probably do that. He's a photographer, as I say. And then yesterday, he, he was on a job and he nipped out to speak to me at lunchtime and he's in, he sat in his car talking to me. And he's kind of talking to me and he's sort of like a, 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 a stream of consciousness. He's thinking this through. He's saying, yeah, I'm on a job right now. It's great. I, you know, I'm charging a lot more so I can take my time and do a great job. And he says, he's really good. Now I'm charging more. I'm not so anxious about getting working because I get really well paid for the work I do. So I don't need so many clients. And there seem to be better people I'm getting too. And yeah, I'm not working as hard and making more money. And, uh, what, I, I, I can do a better job because I'm not rushing and worrying about the next job that I need to keep the cash flow. He says, that's really weird. And I just fucking stopped you laughing. It's actually fucking potato. That's exactly why we fucking do these things. He says, yeah, I suppose so. Fucking moron. But then he said something. Uh, a couple of things, which one, one of which is something I've heard over the years, over and over again. But the first thing he said was, uh, I feel like I've got confidence now. I've, I've actually grown a pair of balls. Um, he says, whereas before I'd, I'd sit there and I'd just price the photography job, I've now realized there's, there's getting there, there's planning it. He says, a few days ago, I, I was planning a job. Um, and it was quite complex because we were in a big room with a high ceiling, so I had to measure up to get the angles right. And I do all this before we get on set, you know. And he says, normally, I just do that. So what would be a, maybe a day's shoot? It's probably three days' work. And he says, now I'm not doing that. And he says, that now when people say, oh, can we just hop on Zoom for a quick chat? It's, yeah, I, we do, I do a consultation. You get your money back if I can't help you or we end up working together. And he says, I, I feel confident to do that now. And then he said the thing which I've heard over and over and over again in the last 15 years. He said, you know, I feel like you've given me permission to do it. And I laughed. He said, why are you laughing? I said, because I've heard this so many times. People say, you give me permission to charge more. You give me permission to be myself. You give me permission to be assertive. And I said, it's all bollocks. I said, not only do I not give you permission, but I can't. How can I possibly give you permission to, to be assertive or run your life how you want to? He says, if it works for you to think that, fine, you've got my permission. Come, have at it. And I said, but I don't. And I says, really? I says, this is going to sound very wanky, but really... The power was always within you from the moment, right from day one. All I do is just, I lead by example. I show you the way to do it. I do it myself. And I just say to you, try it. Give it a go. And it doesn't bite. It, it won't burn your fingers. And if you don't like it, go back to doing it the other way. And in never, I've never known anyone start doing it my way and then go back to doing it the other way. Well, I tell a lie. When they leave my sphere of influence, sometimes they will regress to the mean if they start spending too much time around, like say LinkedIn or something. But for anyone who either sticks with me as a client or stays in touch, reads my emails, follows, sticks to the process, they never go back.
They wouldn't want to. And like Kev- Kevin and Vicky are great examples of that. Mm. You merely empower people. Well, I don't think I do. They empower themselves. How can I? I, I get them to realise that it's all about actions or choices, actions and consequences. And I just show them they have the choice. I, I don't give them confidence. I just show them they have the choice. You, well, you empower them by giving them, and maybe I'm using empower in the wrong context, but you empower them by giving them the knowledge. Um, I, I think it's also empowering to know you have a place to fall back on as well. So it doesn't work because when you're on your own as a freelancer or a business owner, you have to make a decision. It's very scary because if that goes tits up, you've got no one to go back to and talk to about that decision and why it went wrong. It's all on you. And if you've got staff, all your staff, all of a sudden they're looking at you like you're a big fucking idiot. And you're a leader. And you're the leader. And you've just led them down a path of all scavengers and now 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 they're all huddled together thinking, What the fuck has this man in front got us into? Gosh, I wish someone else was up front. But knowing that you have someone in your corner to fall back to to keep the fight going. And sometimes just to give you the, the and maybe you'll get this, maybe you won't because yeah. you have neurological makeup. But sometimes it's nice just to have someone pat you on the back and say, Don't worry, here's what we'll do next. Yeah, I, I hear that too. This is why mentoring is so important. It's more important than coaching, I think. Most business owners don't need a coach. They, a coach is something for them when they've got a solid business and they've made a success of themselves. And then it's like, well, what next in my life? That's when a coach is most useful because a coach will ask the questions. You then answer yourself. You know, where do you want to be in 20, 30, 40, 50 years time? When, when you're getting to that point, when you can kind of, whew, well, okay. Now we've built the business, what do we do next? And to get into that point, you're actually, you really require a mentor, someone who can show you the way. Because being a mentor is far more didactic than being a coach. A coach, the, the, one of the, the kind of primary differences between them is a coach doesn't have to know anything about what they're coaching you in because it's all focused on you. Whereas with me as a mentor, someone might come to me and say, I've got a problem with a client, what do I do? Well, here's three things you can do. You know, I give them the answers and not, not tell them what to do necessarily, but give them options. And then also maybe qualify. So, and this, in my opinion, is the best one. In that respect, being a, a mentor is harder and is far more responsible a job because a coach just, well, it's your choice. But you know, how do you feel about it? Some coaches like Vicky, Vicky de Bouchardier, whom I wholly recommend to anyone, they're great. But they're rare. Most coaches are fucking useless. They're horrible people. You, you could replace most coaches with probably AI, automated AI in a couple of years. Put it this way. You, you can be, I mean, I'm not aware of any form of mentoring qualifications other than the fact you've, you've actually fucking done it. Otherwise, how can you mentor someone? Track record. Yeah. Um, which is why at 57, I've now got the gravitas to do this, not just in business, but in life as well. Uh, but, I mean, you get you know, a 25-year-old life coach, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Unless they've been a Navy fucking SEAL or something. No, thank you. Um, but most, most you, know, you can get a coaching qualification and become, um, they'll say it, they'll, they'll market it this way, a fully qualified life coach for, with a $7 fucking course on Udemy. 
I mean, for fuck's sake, man. And then these coaches, and this is the worst of it, a lot of these coaches, they've got a, like a mindset module, they'll, they'll actually talk as if they were therapists. They'll talk about helping you with things like depression and anxiety. Uh, and some of these, I mean, that's just beyond fucking stupid and dangerous. And then they'll talk about things like being, I mean, I've actually had this said to me, things like being autistic, ADHD. Oh, you know, with the right mindset, you can work around them. No, you fucking well can't. <laughs> mindset helps, you deal with it, but, <laughs> oh man, it's like saying with the right mindset, a, a person without any legs can walk, you know? I don't have parts of the brain, although if I do, they're damaged. Other people do. Yeah, with the right mindset, you can stop your cancer from metastasizing. Oh, man. It makes me laugh. Fucking Deepak Chopra talks about changing your DNA with your beliefs and the right mentality. He wears fucking glasses. Why isn't he fixing his eyes? When you, when you see things like that, that it's bloody hilarious. Just to go back to the conversation on pricing, I think, I think we said we were going to talk about this uh, last episode, but it got away from us. I pay 200 and then we'll get into your mobility stuff that you're doing as well. Oh, that, that's actually pertinent, yeah. Yeah, I pay 250 a month for my gym. And people go, what the fuck? 250 a month for a gym. And for that, I get eight private training sessions. And every time I go to the gym, I am the only person in there. So, yes, it's expensive, but he has a great fucking offer. And when you work it out, it's not very expensive at all. Eight, eight PT sessions at 250 what's that, like 30 quid a session? Sort of like, yeah. Plus, I get to go to a gym that is a 10-minute walk away. It's completely private. has everything in that I need. As long as you've got your offer dialed in, you will find people that are willing to pay premium prices because the rise of gyms that are like, because there's a gym five minutes away, which is £15 a month. You couldn't pay me to go in that £15 a month gym. It's disgusting. What, what, what is it we say about marketing? The right message to the right person. This is what you're talking about. I mean, the mobility thing it is pertinent. Um, I've, I've been, I mean, I, 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 I lost a load of weight and I got in fairly good shape, but getting my six pack, even though I, I, I'm very knowledgeable about bodybuilding and diet and stuff, it eluded me. I worked with Phil Agostino, actually paid an expert, and within five months, could have done it in four, I had my six pack at 52, 51, all right? And then more recently, working with a guy called Toby Swallow, highly recommend him, guys. Um, my mobilities, which is range of motion under tension for the listener, not flexibility. Yoga that was helpful, but not that helpful. Um, again, I know about mobility. I know some of the exercises. So I've been doing yoga on and off for a couple of years with some effect, but not massively. I've been working with Toby. Get this, guys. I've been working with Toby, an expert I'm paying. He's not even that expensive. He's actually doubled his prices because I told him to, and so did Phil Time, and we both told him to. I've been working with Toby. This is my third morning. So I've probably done about four or five sessions because sometimes I do what he calls the car twice a day and already I am feeling objective benefits I went for a walk I did 10 miles yesterday four miles with the dogs and six on my treadmill doing consulting calls I was a bit sore last night and I took some ibuprofen because I could feel it was going to trouble me in bed 
And I thought, tomorrow will be a real acid test. Because if I, because normally, after a 10-mile walk, I would have pretty much seized up. Got up this morning, did my routine. It's like for 15 minutes, if that. Walked the dogs. And I'm walking along thinking, and I'm, I'm focusing on my body thinking, okay. My, my lower back feels pumped like I've done a set of stiff-legged deadlifts or something. So there's something going on there. Probably deep inside the pelvis. But my knees aren't hurting. My hips aren't aching. My shoulders, and bearing in mind yesterday, I also did uh, I did upper body. So I was doing weighted dips, 22 and a half kilo dips, body dips. And normally the next day, my shoulders ache all day. Nope. This is, this is my third day with Toby, and it's still not even lunchtime. I've already got benefits from it. I've been working for years on my mobility, but I don't really know what I'm doing. I pay an expert. Well, I, paid, I paid him less than 500 quid for, 12, for a 12-week program. <laughs> Within two and a half days, I'm feeling the benefits. Guys, pay an expert. Pay us. You, you could pay us. I'm not being funny here. If you were to pay me and Connor for 20, 25K to come into your business for three days to teach you this stuff and do a proper consulting exercise and walk away leaving you an action plan, you would make your money back within days, within weeks. Phil Tymon paid me 12 and a half grand for a day's consulting. He made his money back before we even did the day because he realized, shit, I've just spent all this money on John. <laughs> so he did something I've been telling him to do. Sell more to the people you're talking, you're already working with. Well, he's done a 24K, 12-month contract from a client. Yeah? He's, already, he's already doubled his money nearly. So, you know, pay, it, honestly, it pays to, to pay an expert. I, I do this all the time. Um, I paid 3K to be taught how to do public relations, PR. Um, I was going to get someone to teach me about writing a book with a specific intention of selling it. I didn't go ahead because the contract was a bit dodgy. And the contract was so dodgy, it, it to me then reflected on the program and what I was getting into. And then the sales tactics after that confirmed that to me. They're sleazy. You know? Which is a shame. It is a fucking shame. We, we probably invest between us and joint, joint and individually as a business. We probably invest the best part of 20 to 30K a year on our own training and personal development. We walk our fucking talk. You know, we are not like these coaches who talk about abundance from the stage and then rip off our fucking suppliers. I know loads like that. I work with some of these. Well, I work with a guy who, who worked with these sleaze bags about 15 years ago. And they wanted to work with me direct. And I looked at them. I held them at arm's length and said, no fucking thank you. They were horrible people. Really fucking horrible. One of them, I won't name him. He's a life coach, celebrity life coach to the stars in the States. I did some work for him. He eventually paid me. This was before I twigged back getting paid up front. He came back to me a few months ago after 15 years and says, hey, would you like to work together again? Or actually, his website designer. I says, yeah, my minimum fee is 15K up front. Didn't hear another peep. He's, he's working with Hollywood stars as a life coach, and he tries to stiff me. And he's not prepared to pay 15K minimum up front. That, that's euro, not dollars. So, you know, a lot of these people, they preach one thing and they do another. We, used to, we walk our fucking talk and it shows, not in just the results we get for our clients, but in the results I get for myself because I pay people to, to do important stuff like fucking mobility. Now, here's something else, right? I was, they didn't, Toby didn't use this as a sales pitch and he fucking should do. So he said this after the fact. Well, I'll tell you the whole story, actually. I got in touch with Toby about a year ago. Uh, 
and it, we went through a couple of things and I says, look, I'd like to do it now, but my Achilles tendons are so bad, I can't do with this. I just, I won't be able to cope with it. I just won't be able to do it. So I get back to you. So I probably, he probably thought, yeah, 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 of course you will, mate. So a year later, Achilles tendons are a lot better. I'll get back to him. Um, answered a couple of questions. And I said, okay, how much? <laughs> he came back, he says, 470 quid. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> how do I pay you? <laughs> you know, that's it. I'm in. How do I pay you quickly before he changes his fucking mind? So I was thinking, this is going to cost me at least 1,500 quid, you know, at least. And it would be a bargain. So he sends me the stuff over and we go back and forth just to set it up. And we started yes, uh, the day before yesterday. But in the conversation, in the Zoom call, we did this assessment on video to see how I moved. He said something to me, which I think is the most powerful fucking hook, the, the real outcome he can, well, he can turn it into an outcome. He said, yeah, you're 57 now. Um, you're fighting a losing battle. We all are, because you're going to die one day. Um, but the thing is, and he said, this is not just for the next 12 weeks. This is something you are going to have to do every single day for the rest of your life if you want better results. So I'm okay with that. 15 minutes a day. I'll do it twice a day, three times a day. It's really not that difficult. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm in it. I said, I, I want the results. He says, yeah, because you know, you're 57 now. This is the difference between, <laughs> this could be the difference. It is likely to be the difference from what I've seen and from what you've said between are you at 70 years old, which is only 13 years away, Connor? This is the difference between you at, at 70 having to use a, a handrail to get off the toilet or not. Well, dude, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Even I can read your facial expression there. That is a picture. Can you imagine having to use a handrail to get off the toilet? And to think that's in my future if I don't, that's almost certainly in my future if I don't do this. Even at 90, I don't want to have to do that. Never mind 70. Uh, I hope you told him that's one hell of a fucking hook. I did. Well, what happened was, I, I, I had to process this stuff because of my, my alexithymia. And I've, I thought about it, and I, I, met, I voice messaged him the next day and says, you know, the way you approach this is brilliant. I said, because everybody else, when they talk to me, they're, they're almost patronizing. Oh, you're really good for an old guy. I said, I don't want that. I want the truth. And you are the only guy who's giving the truth about, yeah, you look great, you're in good shape and stuff, but you're fighting a losing battle and it's going to be really hard. And you've got 57 years of neglecting some of these movements and it's going to be, you know, I can't promise you a lot of shit in the next 12 weeks. This is a long job. I'd much rather have that. And I said, so I'm going to return the, I'm going to return the favor and the kindness with a bit of free advice for you. And I said, that thing you said about getting off the toilet, I said, that will hit blokes right between the eyes. You need to be using it. I'm 25, and even I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Can you imagine the, the indignity? The, that's it. It's exactly it's something that, that that's, that's a great fucking hook because it's something you all do every single fucking day that we never give any thought to. But to have to think all of a sudden that one day you're going to have to get off the toilet and the, the, the suggestion that you're going to have to be using a handrail indicates that you're going to be in pain and you're going to have to use that handrail to hoik yourself up to then ache to reach for the toilet roll to then probably hear a few creaks as you're unraveling a few a few squares to then barely wipe your ass Ooh. imagine this then i don't want my children going into my bathroom and seeing the handrail thinking oh poor dad has to use a handrail to get off the toilet and this is this is ego i mean this is pure fucking headspace stuff i don't fucking want that i'm the, i'm my children's dad not a fucking doddery old fart it's, it's interesting you say it's ego because I had this conversation the other day with uh, Tamsin, the difference between where's because we were talking about there's a, uh, a line between confidence and arrogance and uh, every, every, every adult I meet 
fucking not every adult lots of people think i'm arrogant and i'm just like i'm just confident and they're not confident people and they they don't like the fact that i'm more confident than they are so therefore they call me arrogant because i'm definitely i try my best not to be arrogant with older people um obviously it hasn't worked but then we also got into the conversation of where's the line in between ego and pride how, how do you discern what's ego and pride? Because I would say that's more pride. You're having pride in yourself and your physical capabilities than an ego. Yeah. I suppose for me, it's about, it's not, I suppose ego is not the right word. I mean, I just Googled it. Uh, it says here, confidence is a feeling of self-assurance coming from an appreciation of abilities or qualities. Arrogance is characterized by having an exaggerated sense of our importance or abilities. What you have to remember is sometimes people will say this because they're using it as a fairly subtle ad hominem attack. They have no, they have no grounds for arguing with you, so they call you arrogant. Yeah. And my reply is, well, my reply to that is always, well, so what if I'm arrogant? Am I right or am I wrong? That's irrelevant. My, 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 men, my mindset isn't the point here. The point here is, am I, is what I'm saying correct or not? It's a little bit like saying... Um, Hitler's pictures were shit because it was Hitler. You know, what you're saying is incorrect because you're being arrogant about it. So what? <laughs> Maybe I am being arrogant, but, but how is that important? I mean, it might be important in terms of sales and how likable I am, of course. I'm not arguing that. But is it important in terms of if you do what I tell you to do, it will work? Whether I'm being arrogant or confident isn't the point. It can still fucking work. Um, but, that's the, but going back to the, sorry, you what? They say it behind my back anyway. They ain't, they ain't got the bollocks to say it to my face. Oh, I just don't give a shit whether people think I'm arrogant or not. Mm. I mean, people have even said that's arrogant. Okay, fine. <laughs> I've, I've seen these woke people, and, you know, woke people are always resorting to ad hominem and emotional attacks. Oh, you're really arrogant. It's, it's arrogant to, to say other people's opinions aren't important. Oh, so what? They're still not important, whether it's arrogant or not. You know? That's um, the other thing. Is it ego? No, it's probably not ego. It, it's dignity. Dignity. Dignity yeah. is closely related to pride. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I, I know I'm fighting a losing battle, and one day I'm going to be stone cold in my coffin. I won't even, you know, no amount of handrails will get me out of that. But I don't want to be an old man who can't get off the toilet without a handrail. Not just because it'd be really fucking inconvenient. How you would, how I would feel about it, and then I don't want my, I don't want my kids seeing me like that either. Thirteen years, I wouldn't even be forty. Oh, Seventeen, thirteen years, yeah, that's fucking, that's terrifying, mate. That really is. I'll be 30, 38. You know, I don't want to hear this. Are you, are you listening? Mate? I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but when I say it's terrifying, I mean I'm laughing about it because there's nothing I can do about it. But you know, it, it is. Well, it's kind of scary, and it's not, I suppose, because I'm, I, I'm re- when I say resigned to the fact of my own death, it sounds a bit defeatist. It, it's a fact. It's going to happen. I know it is. I intend to, two things. I'm going to make it as far away from today as possible, but also I'm going to be as healthy and fit and mobile as I can be in between now and then. I mean, I, when I die, I want to be as fit and healthy as possibly as possible. I want to be the fittest and healthiest corpse in the graveyard, you know? Um because there's no, I, I, I don't, I don't relish the idea of being a doddery old man with a walking frame. 
that would do enormous damage to my quality of life. And I know life is what you make it, and I, I, I get all that, and I, I would make do with it. But the thing is, a lot of this stuff is avoidable. You can't avoid dying, only for a certain amount of time. If that's unavoidable. But what, what we can do is, is maximise our enjoyment of life. And I'd rather, I'd, I mean, I'd enjoy it anyway, because being alive is pretty cool. But I'd, I, I'm, I would rather be mobile and healthy and fit and able to look after myself right up until the end than not. That's, that's a preferred indifference, I suppose. And, and it's something within my control, isn't it? To an extent. Yeah, I've, I've got a funny image in my head. I've got a funny image in my head. So I know how much you hate having to deal with people that you don't know. And I know how much you happen to hate to have to deal with people that you don't know when it's avoidable and it's due to incompetence. So if something goes wrong at, say, a hotel, and now you've got to speak to this person, for you it's just like, for fuck's sake, mix of you can't stand confidence and a mix of your your neurological makeup. And I've just got this this image of you frail in bed. You you can't even wipe your own ass, let alone go to the toilet. You you can't feed yourself. And now all of a sudden, autistic EBG, (laughs) because of his own incompetence of not looking after his mobility, has to deal with six different carers a day, all of which are poking and prodding him. And he does not have a moment's peace. (laughs) No, I'm... Do you know who Victor Meldrew is? Uh, I do not. One foot in the grave. I don't believe it. No, a bit before your time. I am Victor Meldrew. But my generation and, and probably anyone under 40 will know, uh, over 40 will know who Victor Meldrew is. It's fucking hilarious. It was just like a sitcom with this grumpy old man. Uh, the sitcom was called, if you, if you, if you Google, uh, if you YouTube it, it'll be One Foot in the Grave. And it was just, a, a, every episode was, was Victor being fucking grumpy and something going wrong for him. It was fucking brilliant. I am Victor Meldrew and Alf Garnet all fucking rolled into one. I know Alf Garnet is way before your time. Yeah, another name straight over the head. Oh, he was fuck honestly, man. Ralph Garnet, till Death Do Us Part, was basically the original series was done in the days before political correctness was even a thing. So what it is, and they were, he was poking fun at racists and bigots, and he was a racist bigot, bigoted old man. But it, it was a parody, and it was, it, but it was so brilliantly done. It was so fucking funny. Great, Alf Garnet. Victor Meldrew, John McCulloch. And John McCulloch. And on that note, I think that's a good place to leave it, mate. Yeah. I agree. All right. Go to wellfedfreelancer.com. Get the fucking book. Are you listening, Connor's brother? Buy the book. Callum, pay us. Fucking tight-fisted bastard. Just like your fucking brother and your dad you are. Hey? <laughs> I might tell him. If if you buy the book, I'll let you in the inner circle. If you don't <laughs> buy the book, you don't even get to text me. <laughs> if you want to talk to me, I have to fucking make an appointment. I'll make my kids and wife, ex-wife do that. <laughs> I, I've gotten out of the habit of doing that. And I used to do that. And yeah, people were surprisingly okay with it after a couple of questions. Yeah, I, I, it's just, I've been doing it for years. Even we do it. We do do it, which would surprise people. I tell you what, that's a fantastic topic for the next episode. Even though it seems small, it's part of a, 
a much wider thing. Billy Big Balls. Yeah, Billy Big Balls. Wellfedfreelancer.com if you've already got the book, join us in the inner circle. This month's training is either called Grow Your Balls Fast or Billy Big Balls, isn't it? Is that right, John? Or Becoming Billy Big Balls, yeah. Maybe I'll use the maybe I'll use the hidden secrets to becoming Billy Big Balls as the as the kicker to grow your balls fast. <laughs> All right, guys, you know what to do. Give us some money. We hate you. Cheerio.